Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, episode 45. I am your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Quack, quack, everybody. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. And how do we do that, Jonathan? Through our favorite childhood movies, of course. That's right. Good answer. Anyways, so this is the month of August, and it is my turn. No, it is your turn That's to right. pick a movie. And we're still going with the uh, Robin Williams theme for this month. And why don't you let everybody know what we've picked today? Well, I thought you were running off with my with my turn this week there. Almost did. Anyway, <laughs> today we're talking about Flubber from 1997, starring Robin Williams. And this movie does not have good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> let me tell you what. Not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I, Jonathan, when was the last time you saw this movie? More recently than you would think. Really? I actually remember watching this uh, two, maybe three years ago. Okay, okay. I rewatched this. I would say this one's pretty essential. It, it's a, you know what I haven't said in a long time? I haven't really said how much of a staple these movies have been. Hmm. And this, I'd say this is the essential staple of our childhood. I wouldn't say it's default vault at all, but it's it's a it's a staply staple for sure. For sure. Um, nevertheless, it's probably been about fifteen years since I've seen this movie. Yeah, it, this movie <laughs> is as old as me. Came out in nineteen ninety seven, and it was directed by Les Mayfield. Now, if you look to your left, you'll see the Flubber movie poster, and let me tell you what uh, it looks dumb. <laughs> like, like he like Robin Williams looks pretty dang goofy. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the nutty professor look. So you don't you don't like the the artwork for the for the poster? It's okay. I mean, I think I feel like we had a different one on our VHS tape, right? Wh- which picture are you looking at? On the one on IMDb. IMDb. Is it the one where he's got the goggles? Yeah. And there's like flubber bubbles. Flubber bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> What's up my flubber bubbles? Welcome back to the show. <laughs> That's what we're calling our listeners today. We'll go back to inside quotes, flubbers and flubbets. <laughs> I like flubber bubbles better. <laughs> what up, flubber bubbles? <laughs> now, yeah, when I think of flubber, I I definitely picture the VHS tape that we had. The yep. case, the green case. It's yes. very iconic. With flubber wearing his glasses. Yeah, no, this one's this one's a little different. Yeah, I don't like that one either. So why did you choose this movie, Jonathan, other than it was Robin Williams? I would say this is probably the Robin Williams movie I've seen the most times in my life. That's fascinating. I I, I think that that's interesting. Is that <laughs> I've really? I've never really thought about that before, but I've probably seen this this movie more than any other Robin Williams movie. Maybe Aladdin. Yeah, I was going to say Aladdin's up there. It's up there, but I, I just know this was this was my movie for a long time. I mean, I no, I haven't seen it in 15 years, but I watched it every time with you too. Like I've seen this movie probably 10 times total. Um, yeah, it's it's very nostalgic. Oh yeah, when I when I rewatch it and just all the different scenes, <laughs> there is nothing better than the basketball scene in this movie. Like, <laughs> it is so great and it's so nostalgic, and it just I had a smile on my face the whole time. We can get into that maybe a little bit later if you want. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, let's face it, Robin Williams hasn't, he, he does have several, you know, kids' movies, obviously, because we're, 
we're going to be oh yeah he's we're the... dedicating a whole month to it but he also has a lot of like adult movies so it's like <laughs> there's i don't know i feel like out of his kids movies we had flubber and we actually owned we had hook and we had aladdin yeah yeah um i'm trying to think did we have any others we had jumanji and we had i know we had we had uh mrs doubtfire yeah but that was kind of like a later edition that's one I picked up at like a yard sale or something. Is it? Yeah. I was. My guess was going to be it was like the Smiths donating a bunch of tapes to us and giving them to us. Yeah, that, that could be possible as well. <laughs> it was in the bucket. It, bucket it was, of tapes at Oakdale. It was early on enough to be able to still have it be a piece of our childhood. I don't know. I just uh, there was definitely a phase of, of watching Flubber quite a bit. And uh, it, when I got older, I. I realized that this movie was written by John Hughes. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I was just, <laughs> I made a note. I actually have a note saying, does John Hughes have anything to do with this movie? Really? Yeah, I did. Why would, why would you write that down? Because the score sounds exactly like Home Alone, minus okay. the Christmas themes. Hmm. Um, I also got Home Alone from... From the two henchmen, they were oh, yeah. Harry and Marv written all over them. I, you know what, I picked up on that too. This this rewatch, they're breaking into the house. And there's and there's so much slapstick, you know, oh, humor yeah. and violence, like the bowling balls hitting him in the face, and it's like, yeah, this is this is classic Home Alone. Yeah, no, this is a this is a Home Alone movie, but instead of Kevin McAllister, it's Flubber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Flubber reference in Psych? Oh, yeah. you remember that? Uh, play the clip. Ducky. What? Dude, we've been looking in the wrong John Hughes movie. This isn't Breakfast Club or Curly Sue or Mr. Mom, and it certainly isn't Flubber. Why are you hating on Flubber? I would never hate on Flubber. Why are you hating on Flubber, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is certainly not Flubber. Oh, I want to watch that show so bad right now. I when I was watching the movie, I I remembered I remembered that clip from Psych, and I was like, oh, I need to watch some Psych. So you had a different TV show, but the show that made me want to watch from watching this movie was not Psych. What was it? I want you to guess. Eureka. <laughs> no. Okay. 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 I don't want to watch Eureka ever again. But do you get the connection though? Oh, yeah, that? yeah, because Will Wheaton. Yeah. So is it something with Will Wheaton in it? It's not. It's something with... um. <laughs> it's a really one-off episode of this show, but it's got... um. What's his name? It, it's such an obscure reason, but it's got Christopher McDonald. I don't know. what. I just know him from, like, movies. Leave I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Happy Gilmore. This randomly popped in my head. I really wanted to watch Home Improvement and watch his one episode he was in. I don't know if you remember it, oh. but it was like Christopher McDonald. Is like, I can totally picture him in the show. I just can't remember like, the episode. He's like Tim Taylor's uh, like old college buddy, and he's okay. always trying to like live in the past and stuff. Yeah. And it's really funny. He's like, come on, man, just like old times. And <laughs> Tim's like grown up and has kids now, and he's just like, being okay with being in his 40s <laughs> it was a really yeah. good episode mm -hmm. makes me want to watch all these shows now well there's actually a lot of different connections to tv shows i was thinking about when watching it yeah when i rewatched this movie a couple years ago 
it was my, the first realization that um, the the chief detective in Monk Stottlemyre is in this yeah, movie. Dude, <laughs> underrated actor. That's for Ted, sure. Ted Levine, I think is his name. Dude, his voice is iconic. I recognized mm. it from the clip from last week. I was like, <laughs> wait, no, he's in this? Hold yeah, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know who the other uh, actor is, though? The other uh, henchman guy? I've seen him in other things. It's uh... He's an actor, but he, he, he does a lot of voice acting as well. Um, okay. His, his name's Clancy Brown, and he's Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Really? <laughs> Uh, he's also done a lot of voices on like star wars the clone wars so i yeah. know he's uh darth maul's brother savage opress in oh. that show least favorite character in all of clone wars what's that i don't like savage opress sorry yeah we'll get to that whenever we uh cover the star wars clone wars movie never <laughs> you're right <laughs> he's not even in it we'll be too busy talking about zero the hut anyways but yeah, no, Monk, that's another slapper of a TV show right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, SpongeBob, which we weren't allowed to watch as a kid. Yep. And for good reason. Not for a good reason. Not for good reason. That show is so funny. It's good. I rewatched um, a lot of that in college. By rewatched it, I mean watched a lot of it for the first time. For the first time. The only <laughs> thing we had was we had uh, one or two, we had two episodes. We had. Uh, the bubble or jellyfish and the bubble stand episode on our video now player. You remember that? Yep. It was in black and white. And then you had another episode no, the, the, on your Game Boy Advance. Yeah. The video now that was the, the band geeks one. Yeah. 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 And, and there uh, may have yeah. been another one, but then I did have on my Game Boy Advance. I got a, uh, I think it had like four SpongeBob episodes. Yeah. On it. Which is a lot. And, uh, I got that as a as a I think a birthday present probably from from someone from Damien. Was it? Was I it really? <laughs> yeah, you know, Damien gave that to you because wow, I was Damien. so jealous of you because it was SpongeBob and Dad actually let you keep it instead of throwing it away. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it was a Movico birthday, much like all of our other birthdays after ten years old. Yeah, but it, I don't know how old you were or. Last time you were even talked to Damien. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but it was we were walking out of the movie and he his mom picks him up or something and and he like he handed you the gift as we were leaving. And you opened it up in the parking lot of Movico, Starlight Twenty in Tampa, Florida. And it was the Game Boy Advance game or video for, for uh SpongeBob. And I was well, you're jealous. remembering this more than I do because I, I I can't really remember this at all. Obviously, you didn't appreciate the gift enough. <laughs> I sure did. I brought that with me on every trip to our grandparents' house in the car and watched those same <laughs> four episodes on my Game Boy. Hey, they were good ones. And then switched over to my Star Wars episode two: Attack of the Clones came. Ooh, yes. That I couldn't save. I had, after you beat each level, you had to write down the code. <laughs> I love how on the Game Boy Advance you had the first one that wasn't like the foldable one, which yeah, was bef- before the, the better SP. one, not yeah. the SP. The SP was good because it had the light and everything, but it doesn't feel as good as as holding the the Game Boy Advance, yeah, original. And I just remember we never had like Game Boy Advance games because they were obviously like ten twenty dollars more expensive than the Game Boy Pocket and Color games. Mm-hmm. So we always had our leftover Game Boy Color games. 
and we just stick him in the back of the advance and just be sticking out all embarrassingly, yeah. being ashamed that we couldn't afford the the half sized Game Boy Advance cartridge. <laughs> I had I remember I had uh, the second Harry Potter game on Game Boy Color. Yeah, the holographic looking one. But then I got uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. That was an actual GBA game. So that yeah. was I was flexing there with that one. The GBA. I think I used some birthday money to get that one. I was like, let me go all out here. And for good reason. That was good. That was a good game. That was fun. Meanwhile, I'm back here playing Snoopy. <laughs> and a Spy Spy, which I, to this day, don't know how to play. There are several Game Boy games that we had in our collection that were <laughs> more like hand-me-downs from Larry and Justin, our older yeah. brothers, uh, that I never knew how to play. One of them was some Frankenstein game. Jurassic Park. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jurassic wow. Park was what? See, that one that one really frustrated me because I really felt like I was getting somewhere with that one. Yeah, and then I never walked did. around. <laughs> yeah. I I will never be able to comprehend I or spy spy. Spy or spy. spy. Yeah, that one spy, was yeah. that one was hard. I die um, instantly. The Snoopy one That one was fun. That one was fun. That was like puzzles kind of also like the music to, too. It just got harder. Yeah. So I knew how to play that one. It was like, it felt like Pac-Man slash Tetris. And these are like, these are like original Game Boy games. Yeah. yeah so yeah. these are, these weren't designed the best, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, so I had a Game Boy Pocket. I never had the Game Boy Color. Uh, our older brother, Justin, had the Color. And then I used birthday money to get the Game Boy Advance. That's as far as I went with my, <laughs> with my Game Boy collecting. Uh, you you got the DS. Right? I got them all because I got them all handed handed down because you guys were too old for them, and I was lucky. But then all my friends, as soon as sixth grade came around, the DSs became a big thing, and I missed out. So the next year, or fifth grade, they became a thing, and then the next year I got it for my birthday. Yeah, used some birthday money for that. It was it was awesome. I had Mario Kart on DS Lite and. You can't forget the $50 Guitar Hero game on Guitar DS Lite. Oh my goodness. Playing All-Star by Smash Mouth on the Nintendo yes, DS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I still had that. That would be the best. <laughs> what did you do with it? I don't know. You sold your DS. I did? I, yeah, yeah, I did. To GameStop. No, I thought I remember selling it for you. <gasps> oh yeah, on eBay. On, on eBay. Amazon or something Amazon? like that. Yeah. Back when Amazon was like actually like eBay esque, not like a store now. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a seller account on there and they yeah. changed their terms and conditions and then I never created a new one. I remember I turned that money in to pay for my iPod Touch mm. that came in. Had that for like six months and it got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't lose it. I know I got stolen. I don't know who stole it. So the same thing happened with me. I took my my iPod Touch to high school, uh, my junior or senior year, and uh, that thing got stolen. It either fell out of my pocket or someone swiped yeah. it. I don't know what happened. Well, you and your baggy cargo shorts, it's bound to happen. <laughs> it's perfect for holding iPod Touches, you know. They knew, <laughs> I, they knew I had some contraband. That was such a bummer. Then I had to go back to my, like, regular MP3 Dude. player. So, yeah, um... 
All that to say, yes, Clancy Brown was a voice actor in SpongeBob. <laughs> yes, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. Um, and we we mentioned uh, uh, earlier Will Wheaton. He's the yeah. the rich kid's son. He was I remember him from uh, he's in Stand by Me. Yeah, I remember him from Stand by Me, and, and I remember uh, him from in Eureka. Eureka, and I never watched I never watched Star Trek. Yeah, I knew he was in it, but I've, um, I've actually never watched the the Next Generation series. Here's the deal with Will Wheaton. Number one, I did not know he was in this movie, and I recognized him from this movie. Mm-hmm. Second, he looks completely different without facial hair. <laughs> Third of all, the Will Wheaton that I always knew, I, we, I watched Stand By Me first, then we watched Eureka. So mm-hmm. I, I saw him in Eureka, and I was like, that looks different. Like he looks completely different than he did in Stand By Me, which I can relate because I look completely different than when I was a kid. So, but anyways, yeah, no, this movie was definitely a little bit more cringe than I remember it being. I see. I remember I had that reaction a couple years ago when I rewatched this yeah. movie. I was like, okay, this movie does not hold up. <laughs> that was kind of my reaction, and so. When we were talking about covering it for the podcast, I was like, well, I'll give it another shot. And I, I feel like I enjoyed it a lot more rewatching it for, yeah. the, for the podcast. But um, yeah, the whole it, the whole movie just really frustrated me. Because <laughs> like, how do you forget your wedding? How do you forget your wedding? How do you keep doing it? How do you forget it three times? And then at the and end... Then what- how, did, how does she settle for just him being on the video screen at the end? I don't know, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I was freaking out the entire time. Like, you don't, you're not that important. You invented a flying car. You can take the time to get married on a day. First of all, who plans a wedding on the day that they go to work? Yeah. They met him for lunch yeah. at, at work, and there, it's just some random Monday afternoon. Oh, you better be there after work today at 630. That gives them an hour to get ready for a wedding after hours. How ridiculous is that? Ain't nobody be working on their wedding day. I mean, at this point, I guess she's just giving up because she just (laughs) knows like I might I might as well not make a whole day of it. Yet she still showed up to the altar again. (laughs) He might stand me up, so I might as well get some work done today. No point in worrying about it. Just find the time, my guy. Chill out. And then also, um, the Weibo character is just is just annoying. Yeah, it, it's kind of a gross idea. It reminded me of Tinkerbell from Hook. The same exact thing dynamic oh going goodness, on. Yeah, where yeah. she's like in love with him. She's like trying to sabotage <laughs> him. Flying little creature, following Robin Williams around in. Lo- <laughs> It's still Robin Williams, too. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I didn't like that at all, especially when she downloaded her own holographic human. That was yeah. really horrible. Uh, another show that made me want to watch that reminded me of this is Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Scrubs connection? It has the lawyer as the coach. Yeah. Oh, how can I forget? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even seen all of Scrubs. Like, you're the bigger Scrubs fan than me, but it still made me want to watch that. No, I, I love the lawyer character from Scrubs and his uh, barbershop quartet that, like, 
follows him around throughout the show. Yeah. Um, actually, let's let's talk about his character a little bit in that All right. that basketball scene. I mean, like everyone on that team is just like a nerd. <laughs> Not one of them is in shape. Exactly. It's just a bunch of preppy white guys that don't play basketball well. And it's college. I mean, yeah. maybe it's not, you know, NCAA, you know, but it's like, <laughs> it's still like I college would... level. People, you know, they're they're getting some kind of scholarship to play on the team. Oh, That's probably yeah. the only reason why they're doing it. But I went to a school of 500 college students and they still had a fully stacked good basketball team. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. So, like, it was confusing to me because, like, the villain's son, Will Wheaton, yes, he played on that team, right? Not on the good team, on the bad team. Well, that's what I mean, he, uh, for Robin yeah, okay. Williams School. Right, yeah. Professor Brainerd. I don't know if we've talked about his Brainerd. name. Brainerd. Brainerd. Um, so he, the plot, his, his storyline in the movie is, like, he gets kicked off the team because he's failing uh, Brainerd's class. But it's, so it's like, is he just a nerdy player too like probably not that good just a rich boy i guess i just don't feel like he would care that much about being kicked off that team though (laughs) i don't know because like his dad starts betting against their team and he's like how could you bet against my team (laughs) it's like they they ditched you remember something like that for the better too he's probably gonna be the best person on that team yeah half of them are overweight also his his uh his dad was like let me get another ten thousand on on the yeah. Metfield or whatever, whatever the good team's name was. And it's like, who's taking that bet? Like everyone knows they're going to win. Like who's betting right. $10,000 <laughs> on this? <laughs> hey, I further this point with, with saying, why would he chase after professor Brainerd and try and like get him caught for cheating? Why would he do that? If he could just bet on the next team on the other team, the next game. Mm-hmm. He would just make all the money in the world. He's not above that. I mean, you can tell by their players that this kid's not in an Ivy League school, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if he's that rich, he could probably afford to send him somewhere else and get him on a better team anyway. <laughs> I think that's what he wanted to end up doing. He wanted to shut probably. the school down. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, You know, I didn't even... <laughs> I, I never really even understood the, the story of why that was a thing. Like, why is he trying to... He loaned <laughs> them just, money. Yeah, yeah. But he's, like, trying to shut them down. <laughs> okay. My favorite line from the basketball scene is yeah. afterwards, after they're jumping, like, 50 feet, 50-foot <laughs> dunks. Yeah. It's pretty much Space Jam rules, basically, at this point. Um <laughs> At the end, they're all walking out to the parking lot, and Wilson goes, I don't know how they did it, but I'm certain your team cheated. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously they cheated. No yeah. human could do that. <laughs> the coach tries to talk to the referee, and it's like, "What? what is, you see what they're doing? They're cheating. He's like, uh, there's no rule. <laughs> oh, I call this the nothing in the rule book clause in yeah. every sports movie where something crazy happens for humor or obvious help and advantages <laughs> they always go to the ref and they're like sorry there's there's no rule saying you can't do this one thing yeah yeah there's there's no rule saying you can't jump too high there's no rule you can't pass it to the italians there's no rule. 
And there's just there's just no questioning it from the audience yeah. really. Like they're just it's like so I mean they're funny. amazed, but then they all leave at the end of the day like like they didn't just see the most amazing thing they've ever ever seen. He said it so calmly too. He's <laughs> like, now that I think about it, I don't I, I don't know how, but I'm certain that they cheated. <laughs> <laughs> that got me good. Another one of his lines that cracked me up was they introduce him at the beginning of the movie. And he basically just says like, this is my purpose in this movie. I'm here to, I'm here this weekend to steal your fiance and make her mine. He said this movie. No, he doesn't say that, but like, he's just like super direct. Like, yeah, you know what I'm here for. (laughs) I'm just waiting for you to not, not show up at the wedding so I can steal your fiance. (laughs) He's just like so direct about it. Pretty much. (laughs) Which full on deserves her. If you might ask me, I was I mean, yeah. never, I'm not on Robin Williams side on this movie. He does no, not no. deserve. <laughs> he had too many chances. You, it's so frustrating that it makes you hate Wilson in this movie. Obviously <laughs> big twist. He's going to turn into the bad guy at the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, he's going to start working with them because he has to do everything in his power to break that couple up. And, Meanwhile, Robin Williams is doing everything in his power to completely disregard his future wife in anything. (laughs) Like, he doesn't see her after the wedding that night. He just goes straight into her office the next morning. He says, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) You've got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. That scene was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, when he jumps out the window and lands on his butt and he doesn't even move. Okay, Flubber is so cool. There's it so is. many scientific holes, which we will sure. never get into because it's this is a movie. Obviously, you yeah. can't have flying rubber, which, why did I never comprehend the fact that the name is Flubber because it's flying rubber? Yeah, it says that in the movie. It says that in the movie, yet I could not tell you that's why it was named. <laughs> I thought that was the, the dude's name. And I thought Flubber was a character. Flubber is not a character in this movie. Yes and no. He's not really a character. He's a plot device. Sure. It's a MacGuffin. He's a he's a moving prop, which isn't even a prop. He's CGI, which is really, really, really good for the for 1997. It is. The, the movie has like an $80 million budget, so I think it okay. actually had some money behind it to actually yeah. do it pretty decently. I was actually pretty surprised by that. Uh, the movie's on uh, Disney Plus for anyone that wants to rewatch it. That's what I rewatched it on in, in HD. So it was really, really it well done. It held up pretty well, especially the the flying Weibo. Uh, yeah, the rest yeah. of it was kind of clunky and clanky and stuff like his uh, Weber. I'm I'm talking about like this vacuum cleaner and like his oh, yeah, breakfast yeah. making device. <laughs> Everything else besides Weibo and his flying car and Flubber. I think that's a that's a like movie trope as well. Like anytime oh, yeah. you have like a mad scientist or like a inventor or something, some kind of character like that, eccentric <laughs> individual, it the movie always starts out with a shot of like all of their like contraptions that they've made. Yeah, and it's always like cooking breakfast. <laughs> it's yeah. always that's always the goal. Everyone is just trying to get breakfast cooked for them. <laughs> like Michael Scott trying to set his alarm for his George Foreman grill to start cooking bacon at 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just know that like a few weeks ago, uh, I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I'm pretty sure oh, really? that opened up that same way. Um, yep. I'm trying to trying to, I had a few others in my mind. In Casper, is there is there Casper a breakfast making? Isn't it, it? He makes breakfast the way. Yeah, yeah. But there is other movies that we've covered. But there's other devices um, that his his father invented. Yes. Um, Gremlins is one. Gremlins, his dad is like an inventor, and there's mm-hmm. like he's like trying to make the orange juice at the beginning of the movie, and he's like <laughs> it's like spitting out and coffee maker. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's a trope for for these movies. Yeah. Oh, there's another one that we did. I just can't remember it. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure Back to the Future has like this automated. Oh, thing of course. Of, of, of feeding uh, feeding the dog, at the beginning, <laughs> uh, before Marty McFly blows out the speakers at <laughs> Doc Brown's house, <laughs> largest speaker on the planet. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, maybe, maybe not. Um, some something that we covered the goonies obviously goonies. with data it's not like a breakfast scene but yeah. it's wacky contraptions galore so yeah weebo's character i i don't hate her but she she is kind of annoying <laughs> i mean cuz we we talk her about motives are annoying she's not yeah like like this it is totally robin williams fault that he forgets his wedding but yes. also, she's sabotaging him as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess that. that makes sense. But he is super absent-minded. Because he, like, forgets. And he's like, oh, what's on my calendar? And she just kind of, like, hides the fact that he's got a wedding planned later that day. <laughs> um, she's toxic. Yeah. He just made that on accident? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, okay, that's that's what I wanted to mention a minute ago. It's... It's a side tangent, but like um, the invention of flubber itself is it's supposed to be this like energy source. It's supposed to be yeah. like this substance, but he never comments on the fact that it's like a being like that. It has life <laughs> like it's yeah. an inanimate, not an inanimate. It's an animate object, right? Like it moves around. It makes sounds it like, you know, it's like a creature. I don't know. There's like nothing, you know, it's not just like an element on the on the periodic table that he's created flubber. There's, nothing is ever made of that. So it's like, he's like, he's like using bits of this being and like using it to like power his car. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of it that way, if it was on the periodic table, would it be FB? Is there an FB? Let me see. Let me see. Let's see I don't know. And I know I had to learn it all at some point. Okay. So there's a new periodic table element that I am adding right now, and it is called FB for Flubber. Flubber. Do you want to hear a a fun fact? Yeah! Have you seen the original uh, Absent-Minded Professor? Absolutely not. (laughs) Me neither. Do you think I have? No. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Um, Apparently, (laughs) that was Dad's first movie that he ever saw in the movie theaters. Are you real? Yeah, he told me that the other day. Later on, after after the movie Flubber came out, I I had kind of vaguely knew it was like a remake or something, but I've never went and saw the, I never saw the original. I think that's on Disney Plus too. So give that a watch I have if to you give want. It a shot. If you like watching some Flubber in black and white, I remember hearing about it and it was like, "The Absent-Minded Professor." That's a boring title. 
Call yeah. me back whenever it's called Flubber. Now, I, I have seen The Nutty Professor. Oh, yeah. Both the Jerry Lewis version and the Eddie Murphy version. <laughs> Which is, Jerry Lewis's version is better, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm curious if, if The Nutty Professor is supposed to be like some kind of parody of... <laughs> the Absent-Minded? Well, no, Nutty Professor Nutty Professor is like a ripoff of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... There's just multiple smart people, professor movies back yeah. in the day. That's okay. There's so much slapstick in this movie. And I, I still think the scene where the the henchmen are, are like spying on him as he's like creating the flubber or testing the flubber yeah. and like getting hit in the face with the golf ball and the and the bowling ball. That was Stoudemire needs to be dead. Oh yeah, for sure. Golf ball you can survive. Not a bowling ball. <laughs> If you have a bowling ball, like also who has the bowling ball in their own house, unless you're an avid bowler, he does not have the time to go bowling. He can't even have the time to go get married one day. Yeah. Anyways, if you have a bowling ball at your house, it's not going to be an eight pound bowling ball. That means you're into it. It's going to be like a 16 pounder. <laughs> that dude's head is crushed. And he really must be absent minded. To have like forgotten what the golf ball just did to wreck his yeah. house, that he's like, let me try it with a bowling ball now. Like that thing <laughs> could have straight up decapitated him. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of broken windows in that scene is comical. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you noticed, but it broke like nine broken windows. <laughs> it was so funny. I love at, like after they get hit, in the, they get hit like a couple times. They're just like hiding under the roof of the house. They're just waiting for it to like hit the ground again <laughs> so that they can go running. And like the punchline on the scene. Yeah, he sprays the, the liquid outside and <laughs> they bounce on the ground like a trampoline. Ridiculous. <laughs> Even the scene the scenes like at the, the rich guy's mansion, I thought that was all pretty like nostalgic too. All the all, a lot of the different scenes, like Brainerd's house, yeah. The the basketball scene and the gym. I can't like I that, get like, Casper vibes. Only this movie aged way better than Casper did. Agree, please. Thank you. I, <laughs> now, let me think about that one. That, that's kind of an interesting, interesting comparison. It did. You know, I remember when we talked about Casper, I remember the effects holding up pretty well mm-hmm. on that. But I don't know that it's a better movie. Oh, oh, it is. I mean, I, I don't know that Flubber's a better movie than Casper is what I'm saying. Oh. You think it is? No, that's what I'm saying. I think it is. I think it is. You think Flubber's better? Yeah. Mainly because of the pacing. I think they both have pacing issues. Hmm. I guess Flubber's a little bit better with that, but... Casper has the worst pacing that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> that one was... Probably the worst pacing of any movie yeah. I've seen. That's a tough, you know, tough one. You know what? I think when we do our staple bracket... When Ooh, we do the staple bracket, we need to pin those two against each other. Wait, no, we already yeah. did Casper, right? Last year. Yeah, we did. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. man. That yeah, was yeah. last year around Halloween. We already did that. Ah, well, we could do a tiny bracket right now. Okay, so <laughs> which is more of a staple, Casper or Flubber? I think I think, I think Casper's more of a staple. I, I remember not liking Casper as much this time through. And I remember liking Flubber this time. I hated it at the beginning. The plot is trash in this movie, but <laughs> the concept is still good. Meanwhile, what about the cringe factor? I think Casper's cringe factor is 
significantly higher. Which part? Which part are you referring to? All parts of it. Cringier than uh, Weibo programming herself into a hologram and visiting visiting Robin Williams in his bed at night. <laughs> you know what? You got a point there. <laughs> You've got a point there. Although Casper kind of does the same thing when he says, "Can I keep you?" <laughs> At the dance, that's pretty cringe, dude. I'm sorry. Hologram, ghost hologram. What's the difference? Only difference is it's a girl doing it instead of a guy. Yeah. So, but it's a sweeter sentiment because it's like his ghost mom is like, or the ghost mom of of cat is like giving him a, a chance to be human for a moment in time. Yeah. I didn't think we'd get into a debate between these two movies, but I don't I, know. I I'm going with Casper. Casper's cringe. Listeners, write write in with your opinions. Let us know what you think is the the more cringe movie. What what movie did we watch? Which holds more? up better, this one or Casper? I don't know. I feel like they're equal in the, in our books. They're pretty equal. I feel like they have an equal staple punch. I feel like Casper might have more quotes in it than this movie. Yes, and I think the jokes are funnier because of the uncles. But that is it. Mm-hmm. Better characters. These kind of just blend in. The comedy in Flubber is is more is more slapstick. Yeah, it's definitely more of like a physical comedy versus you know. There's not, I mean, there really isn't any quotes from this movie that we talk about. I can't really think. No, of. there really isn't. But um, Smellagram, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is one of the funniest jokes. It was like Abbott and Costello moment for me mm-hmm. in this in this in this movie. Uh. Whenever they're like being held up and they're in the mansion and he pulls out his squirt gun water, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I use it so that I can cool down the, the, the flubber mixture and stuff. And so yeah. the, the main boss guy says, let him have it. And he's like, all right, boss, starts shooting him. Yeah. And he said, no, give, give it to him. Okay, and he keeps shooting. He keeps looking at him all confused. He said, "Give it to him," and he keeps shooting. Take care of it. Just give it to him. Like, let him have it. <laughs> no matter which way he was saying it, he was just like using these mafia terms. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, boss. Do you know my previous job?" <laughs> it was so funny. I loved it. It was the best joke in this movie to me. Yeah, yeah, and oh. it went like it's one of those jokes that went on a little longer than it should have. A little longer than expected, but perfect amount. It was, it yeah. was, oh. yeah. If it had gone on any longer, I I would have gotten annoyed. But I think it was <laughs> it was the right right amount. It worked. Yeah. I I want to ask you about the random flubber interlude in between the, like halftime of the basketball game. Uh, did not like it. Even as a kid, I was like, "What are we doing here? <laughs> We're just taking up time to have this like flubber I- mambo scene." <laughs> In the kitchen. Dude, I, beats me. I think it's just this is what the movie started out as. Some guy in animation class had written out this dancing scene of a jelly belly <laughs> substance, not even knowing his flubber. Just wrote it out and started. It was like his senior thesis, and mm-hmm. then they had the intern talk about his ideas and stuff. And that's that's what this movie is probably formed around this art project of CGI. That scene is a budget surplus. They didn't need the rest of the $10 million. 
that scene is the, and this is an obscure reference for most people, but that is the random computer music video in the middle of UHF with Weird Al scene. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Where we just kind of like, oh, it's a Weird Al movie. Let's have a Weird Al music video in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so that song was, is, uh, the music was done by Danny Elfman in this movie. Solid, solid composer, solid composer. So, I mean, I guess they're like, well, we got Danny Elfman. We got to showcase his music. Good old Daniel so. Elfboy. <laughs> um, so this movie, so Flubber predicted a lot of technological wins for us today. He so. pretty much predicted the Alexa thing. Oh, he didn't predict it because that's been an idea for years and decades and decades. But it's basically Weibo is what an Alexa is. AI system that pretty much is your personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And she'll cover all your, get all your reminders and everything. The only thing that Alexa doesn't do is fly. It is not yeah. in the shape of a yellow pool floater chlorine <laughs> tablet holder. That's the only thing it does. I mean, it's it's basically a droid from Star Wars. That's where we're headed. Basically, yeah. And he, he mentions, like, after after <laughs> Weebo takes a baseball bat, bat to the face. And that, that scene was actually pretty traumatic for me as a kid. Yeah. I, I thought that was actually pretty intense. And, like, you've got, like, it almost looks like blood splatter everywhere. It's like, oh, she's leaking battery yeah. fluid. Yeah. It's like it makes it look so intense. There's wires and sparks going everywhere. <laughs> um unnecessary like i mean i was like the whole time i was like dude why are you crying you could just rebuild her but apparently he doesn't remember rebuilding it because he just manifested it yeah was that, and that's what i was about to get to is it's like he doesn't really know how she came to be i guess like how she formed a personality he just it was just some kind of accident i guess so he's <laughs> not really confident that he can recreate her but yeah i guess she's like made a copy of herself for her her daughter to there's something on. sinister and dark that she's not telling us. I feel like she's <laughs> been in control the whole time. What I, what the main thing that she influenced the most of this movie, I feel like this movie influenced how we communicate with each other via text. Mm. Um, memes. Memes, mainly GIFs. 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 Sending GIFs or GIFs, however you say it. Uh, she always expressed how she was feeling at the time by showing a certain Disney movie or show yeah on her screen which is really cool because that's what we do only not disney because we're not owned by disney so we we can do whatever movie we want obviously but (laughs) i i thought that was really cool because that's that's a whole way like nobody ever had done that before like expressing their emotions through film what now that we could do that now i think it's pretty cool it's a good point it's a good point and I was going to think, I was going to say like, oh, how did they get all the stock footage for all those like reactions? But then like most of it, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Disney. So it was all Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I, just, <laughs> they just went to the vault, the Disney vault. It was a little, a little too much Disney. For some weird reason, just a very satisfying shot to me after he creates the flubber. And like, I don't remember exactly what happens. Like, there's like an explosion or whatever. And like whenever he gets back up, the canister that it's in is like covered in ice for some yeah. reason that just like looked really cool to me no pun intended really cold <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended but yeah right you intended it i did not intend that um 
I don't know. For some reason, that was just stuck out to me. I, maybe just another nostalgic image implanted in my brain. Also, like the engine of the car, how he integrates the flubber technology into, yes. into things. Yeah. The tax on the on the, the bottom yeah, of the, that was really neat. the basketball shoes. I, I don't think I even really understood that as a kid. That like he was like painting them so that they didn't work right away, and then throughout the course of the game they'd wear off. I don't think I really ever understood that as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that either. I don't understand why he wasn't already a successful millionaire by the stuff he had already made and invented. The Breakfast Maker two thousand. Obviously, yeah, that's the greatest thing on earth. But he's got Weibo already. And I guess he doesn't remember how to how to make her, but still, like, this is twenty years before. I guess Alexa's came out in twenty sixteen, seventeen. It's about twenty years pre Bezos. Mm-hmm. And even if you had an invention like that now, billion dollar industry, like, in instantly, yeah, you you already have a flying Alexa around, easy. Closest thing they had was what that Disney Channel movie, Smart House, yeah. <laughs> other than like you said droids and star wars that's kind of like yeah but even then there weren't really flying flying droids in star wars at that time and that's a fantasy you know so this is actually supposed to be like in the real yeah. world so yeah, right. I, yeah i don't know why this technology hasn't been used to to oh, uh, we're gonna make money to save the college once yeah. we sell my flying car <laughs> flubber technology that would be that's got to be the worst thing. He he didn't even he he wasn't even going to sell his flying car. He had no idea. He was just going to sell shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sarah was the one like, we could really make some money off of this. Um Yeah, the I guess that's how it is like with like researchers at like with a university, they they pay you a salary, they give you, you know, research money, but like anything any work that you do is like credited to the to the university so it's like yeah i i guess that's why he was working on that stuff at home mm-hmm. <laughs> lover <laughs> but anyway he uses it to save save the school in the end but i would have put my two weeks in and then taken that taken that to uh oh 100 no school is worth <laughs> anything to me nope you invented the flying car <laughs> and you're gonna donate your money to a school Whose mascot is the squirrels? <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. Quit your job. Donate double the money that you would have gotten to the yeah, school. You and know still what? keep some for yourself. I think I put two and two together. I think I know why Sarah is settling now for the video screen wedding at the end. I, I think I understand that. Why? Why do you think that? So I don't I, I think there's zero excuses for it, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was I was just think I was just thinking the money. The money. That's all. I'm sure he got some some leftovers from. Oh, okay. That, that's that's what I was. So he was at. making money at the time. It's still, I think it's stupid. Oh my goodness, I don't even care that much about weddings, but I care enough to be there. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a scientist, and when he got back from the meeting at, at Ford, he said he had never seen so many zeros in his life. All right. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I mean, whoever invents the flying car is going to probably, unless it is Jeff Bezos, probably won't be. Um, they will probably be just as 
rich as Jeff Bezos after a month mm-hmm. of sales. Like that that's one of the futuristic things. Like everybody says, what do, what do you think we'll have in the future? Oh, we'll we'll have flying cars by then, you know? That's like <laughs> our one main number one goal is to have flying cars. So someday someday we should have like a, a Patreon and we'll have like this like this really high level tier and we'll like contribute to to help our flying car research. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the ultimate goal of the podcast is if we can get enough enough people listening to the show that also want a flying car, we can put our money together. Dude, I thought our ultimate goal for the podcast was to write and create a kid show with Bryce Bridgman as the animator. That that is true. That's the number one goal. Flying cars number two. Yeah. Number three is a uh, automatic machine that makes my breakfast for me, which I have to say that made some pretty good looking eggs and pancakes. Like it was, it was nice. It looking. did. They were like it perfect did. picture. Perfect. The The robot didn't like put it at the right space on the table, but I can live with that. <laughs> yeah. He still has some kinks to work out. Yeah. You know, I was thinking this is, I think this is another example of like a Robin Williams movie where he's not like particularly wacky focused he's, on his family. Like in like goofy, <laughs> like he's just like more serious. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. I guess he does that well. I, he's not really not serious. In yeah, most I of guess these movies in Messes Doubtfire is the same thing. In Jumanji, it's the same thing. I guess so. I mean, you it's just only get him... Aladdin, pretty much. I mean, he does. I mean, when he's in character as Miss Doubtfire, then he's. Oh yeah, you know. I guess. The movie isn't necessarily trying to like highlight his him him like being wacky and like doing a bunch of improv comedy. Like he's got some funny moments and he he plays it well. He's not the nutty professor, he's the absent-minded professor. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he's 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 playing it earnestly, I guess. So rewatching these Robin Williams movies, even these these kids movies like I I just think he's a really good actor. Yeah. It's a, like even in these scenes, like I just feel like he, he just—he's a really good actor. I've never even seen Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> the times where he doesn't need to be, the times where he doesn't even need to be a good actor, he excels. Yeah, and you need to see Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Have you at least seen Dead Poet Society? No, I've never seen that either. Jonathan, what are you doing? You need to see those. Those are like staples for objective film i know i'm just i just i've seen these kids movies and i'm like he's a good actor man he's a good actor dude <laughs> no 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 dude goodwill hunting that I, I i'll say that was one of those that was on my back burner like you everybody has their back burner movies where yeah you know you're supposed to watch it but you it, you have it on the back burner and you don't get around to it until somebody suggests it and if I have any advice for you near the end of today's episode, if I have any any advice to you, if any of your friends or any opportunity comes up to where you're you can watch a backburner movie, just let it happen and watch it. You won't be disappointed. You'll be proud of yourself even if you hate the movie. You'll be proud of yourself that you actually watched it. And if if nothing else, you know, you'll just feel a sense of accomplishment like you've marked something off your to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Einstein. (laughs) 
I love the way the guy, the Stottlemyre guy says Einstein. It's <laughs> Einstein, actually. Another shot that has just been burned into my memory. I said the the canister, the icy canister that holds the flubber. Also, the close up of like of Robin Williams applying the hand cream to the golf ball in the bowling oh. ball, but specifically the golf ball rolling, <laughs> rolling the golf ball in the cream. Gross. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of gross. <laughs> Ooh. There's just certain shots from movies that are just ingrained in my mind, and that's one of them. Well, Jeremy, any final thoughts on Flubber? All I know is that one kid, and you know what I mean by that one kid in this movie, is probably going to need about 20 years of therapy. Oh, he thinks he's going insane. I forgot about that. And he doesn't trust his father because his dad's always like, everything's fine. There's nothing that's going to come through this window. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> he, th- he thinks his dad's out to get him or something. Yeah. We're on a plane. There's nothing that can come up and hit you on this window. Just open the window. It's fine. <laughs> I I forgot about that. That running joke. <laughs> I feel like it played out like too, too many times early on. And then you yeah. forget about it. And then it comes back at the <laughs> end. And like at the end, I was like, okay, that was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I want to give a shout out to uh, whoever the, uh, the actor was that played Dale on the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he's just like a, such a small character. He's, he's like the one that discovers like the little tacks on the bottom of the shoes. <laughs> and he's the one that like makes the, the final point at the end. But just like, I don't know, that's just like such a small random part that I've always remembered that character from. And so, yeah, I probably need to look up that actor and see if they've been in anything else. But like, shout out to you, Dale. You know, last episode we were hating on the the kid that played Nikki. But this episode is all I want to dedicate (laughs) this episode to Dale. I don't know why. I just like really I just thought his character was funny. What did he say um, when he was talking to Robin Williams? He was he said. After he left, he's like, make that jump or else I'll fail you. Yeah. Make that jump. He said, that's a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, that's a little <laughs> harsh. <laughs> I laughed. I, la- I thought that was probably actually one of my favorite parts of the movie there. Yeah. But uh, this movie had to have been somewhat influenced by Space Jam the year before. It's like, no, we, we definitely need Flubber in a basketball scene. <laughs> I feel like Michael's secret stuff fits in with this movie. <laughs> somehow um yeah no that's i think it's a it's about wrap time so I think right. we can end this up so next week we'll be continuing our robin williams coverage and it's going to be your your pick next time jeremy do you have any any clues for next week or? oh i sure do i can show you a clue it, it seems like a whole new movie or, okay I would only suggest watching this at night or any given Arabian night. Um, okay. But here's a clip. Ah, salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please come closer. Too close. A little too close. There. Welcome to Agrabah, city of mystery, of Ooh. enchantment. At the finest merchandise this time ever shown on sale today. Come on down. <laughs> Look at this. Yes. <laughs> Combination hookah and coffee maker. Also makes chili and fries. Will not break. Will not... It broke. 
Oh, look at this. I have never seen one of these intact before. This is the famous Dead Sea Tupperware. Listen. <clears throat> ah, still good. <laughs> Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him at Groovy Bridge on Instagram. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram, do it. We're at Inside Quotes Cast. Give us a follow. If you have any suggestions for any future movies you want us to cover, let us know. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. If you do, we'll be sure to send you a flying car in the mail. Just send us your address. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us revisit our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit the subscribe button or follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until then, so long and thanks for all the fish. Jeremy, you know, we didn't even talk about the best scene of the movie. Oh, what, what's that? We forgot about the scene at the end when, when Christopher McDonald, he eats the flubber. <laughs> he swallows it. <laughs> yes. Why did we bring that up? <laughs> then he farts it out at the end. Oh, mommy. Oh man. Oh man, that's just too good. Alright, well, we'll see you next time on Insight Quotes.